a couple of quick messages before we get started. So, you know, when you're on the road, what do you take with you in terms of tech? Definitely your phone, maybe an iPad 2, you know, or an iPad 2 too. Uh, I know that is one of my favorite things to do is leave the laptop and take the iPad. But what do you do if you need to access your files at home on your Mac or PC? Best way to do this, and I love it, is go to My PC by Citrix Online. Super easy. You just use an app on your iPhone or iPad, and boom, you can access all your files. So if you want to try, go to My PC today with a special 45-day free trial just for Rise Nation. Here's what you got to do. Visit Go to MyPC.com, click the Try It Free button, enter the promo code ARISE, then download the free app to your iPad or iPhone. Boom. And create awesome interviews. Have you ever wondered how you could create your own web TV interview show and create awesome interviews? How about how to land amazing guests even if you're just getting started and monetize and all the technology, all that kind of stuff? I'm spilling all my secrets and create awesome interviews for those that are serious about creating, promoting, and profiting from online interviews. If you check out createawesomeinterviews.com and enter your email below the video, I'm going to send you a free video lesson, 11 benefits of creating online videos as a special gift for you. All right, well now on with today's episode. And welcome to the Rise to the Top, the number one non-boring business show. I'm David Seitman Garland. I feel like today's one of those episodes where you have to like kind of grab a latte and put on like a fancy scarf or something. We're having a high level, a high level classy discussion here on the Rise to the Top. Brian Solis joining me today. He's a best-selling author. He's a big-time thought leader, especially in the new media space and influence space, if you will. And I was curious to take a different approach with Brian today than he, than he does with a lot of different interviews that he does. And, and that is the Rise to the Top approach, which is I wanted to know for all of us how he got started on his path to sort of become this thought leader that he is today was it was it a conscious thing was it was it something that was by accident i wanted to know about that and i also wanted to know kind of his thoughts on that you know for emerging people like yourself and you know you know maybe you're like you know i want to be the the person that 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 is the master of you know i don't know dog expert, whatever. I always use dog expert as an example. But what you know, whatever it is that you're hoping to influence, I think you're going to find his perspective very, very interesting and very different and something that you're going to think about. It's one of those interviews where you sit back and you're like, huh, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um, and so enjoy us. I don't want to spoil anything else about it. Brian also has a great new book out. We talk about that towards the end. And uh, let's get right into it. Brian Solis on the rest of the top. Enjoy. All right, so you better recognize this handsome face, this handsome gentleman. He's wearing a sport coat. He's got fancy things in his ears. We missed him. He hasn't been on the show, I think, in two years. Brian Souls, welcome back, man. Hey, thanks for having me. And uh, flattery will get you everywhere. Exactly. That's it. That's that's my only move. I got one move. It's a flattery move. So that, that's it. I use it over and over. So first of all, uh, how is everything with you? How, how's life? It's it's been a while since you've been back on the show. So great to have you. Great to have you back on. Yeah, I feel like I've been in your audience watching you rise to the top, my man. You've had a couple of great, great killer years. Uh, very proud of you and very proud to be back on the show. I've been trying to, uh, you know, do my thing, do my hustle and talk about some really smart things to help people make decisions. Yeah, no, for sure. And, and thanks for the kind words. And, you know, for people that, that don't know you, we'll give the, we'll give the, I can't believe that, that they wouldn't. But uh, for, for, you know, You've been you've been uh, in the new media game. You've been in the in the business game for a bit. Can you tell us just kind of just like a super quick, brief Cliff's Notes synopsis before we hop into this about who is Brian Solis? 
Okay, first of all, does anybody even know what Cliff Notes is anymore? Yeah, I, mean, or what, what, I don't know, what, the Wikipedia version? What should we say? <laughs> all right, I'll give you the, I'll give you the tweet version. Right. Uh, it is, I have focused on how technology impacts culture, business, entrepreneurialism for a really long time. I started a company around it going back to 99 and have been sharing everything that I learned in the process in terms of books, blog posts, videos. I give back as much as I learn. Yeah, it's cool. I mean, because really what you, where I see you as, uh, and if you don't like this, you can change it, but, you know, it is a big time influencer in this space of, you know, new media, media and business, emerging media, different things like that, marketing, publishing. But I, a lot of people that watch this show and listen to the show, they're thinking to themselves, you know what? How does someone like Brian even get started when it comes to sort of the personal brand aspect of this and becoming a thought leader? Because there's people that know this, but we don't know them. But everywhere we look, there's Brian. He's got a book. There's Brian. He's speaking. There's Brian. He's giving high fives to random people, whatever he's doing. Um, can we go back a little bit and tell us a little on, the, on your timeline? When did you decide? Was it a conscious decision of sort of getting your sort of public persona as Brian saw, you know, not just a worker and someone that has thoughts and ideas, but getting them out there to the world. How did that begin? Man. All right. So first, thank you. And second, I was motivated not by, I don't know that I had the entrepreneurialism bug early. I don't know that I had the thought leadership buzz early. What I did have was a complete, I guess I, I had had it with management. I had had it with typical processes in the day in the life of a regular business, having to report through the structures that actually prevent you from succeeding, I, I was done. And not just because I was trying to push back against the system, because I actually had ideas that I felt could help our business grow. I had ideas that I felt that would help our clients achieve mm -hmm. the type of success that they were looking at. And when all you do is bump up against resistance, then at some point it either wears you out or forces you to find a new direction, right? And there's that saying that uh, resistance is always trumped by persistence. Yeah. And that was my philosophy then. It's like, I can't tell you if my ideas are going to work if I never get a shot at figuring it out and giving them a try, you know, putting sure. something into it besides process and, 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 and the things that just, I, I believe, hold or held businesses back. So what I decided to do was start to experiment. I started to test those ideas on my own, on my own dime, on my own time. And, you know, some didn't work and, and, and a lot of them did. Mm -hmm. And that's when I decided to take a huge risk back in the day to just fund it, to quit and start funding whether or not these ideas would work, bring clients along the way who are willing to fund the experimentation. And by clients, I mean companies that were looking at uh, trying to reach new audiences, trying to use Web 1.0 back in the day right. to see if they could have direct-to-consumer engagement. You know, things that were pre-social media, things that were you know, basically just new media at the time. And as it worked, word got around. I started to build a, a, a great client base. I built a company around it. Mm -hmm. uh, that company lasted for 13 or 14 years before I officially moved to Altimeter Group to become a, a principal analyst over there to just continue to study this. But in those years... I was doing very well, mm -hmm. my clients were doing very well, and I made a conscious decision somewhere around six or seven years into, into the agency, and that was, I, I can keep going as I'm going, word of mouth is great, we're rocking, we're well known, 
but it's not enough. I'm still bumping against the resistance, mm -hmm. you know, still helping senior executives at companies, still helping entrepreneurs with their startups, try to figure out exactly what they're trying to accomplish and how to get there without having to go through the typical traditional paths, the traditional models that we'd all learned in school, that we've all right. read about in books and magazines. There was another way. I decided that I had missed all of the things that I wanted to share in the Web 1.0 era because mm -hmm. I was just heads down. So I decided that I would take part of my time, the same amount of time that I was using for on-the-side experimentation to keep pushing things forward, to start sharing and giving back. Mm -hmm. Because I can't do this as one, but together we can actually bring about change. And so that's when I realized that the best opportunity I had, not only for my success, but for the success of making marketing, sales, service, entrepreneurialism, have a new opportunity to breathe new life into the system, to change the system, then that, for me, was what my part of my business was going to be, investing in other people to help bring about change. Got it. And, and just give us kind of a scope of when you sort of became more, uh, and I'm trying to think of the right word for this. We, we, I don't want to call it, all, there's a lot of words we could use, like online influencer, someone that started to gain, uh, you know, kind of um, personal brand, clout, things like that. What, what Was this kind of when people started to see your name as a, an outward thing, would this be when you started your blog? Was it before that, after that? Or, or you know, what, what are we talking like, um, what, what's kind of the scope of the timeline here? Because we're in 2012 now. Um, uh, tell us kind of where this started when you decided sort of to go more on the sharing the thought type thing. Yeah, sometime around 2004. Okay. 2004, 2005 were the years that I really started to invest in uh, blogging, in the creation of electronic books, uh, in speaking, I got out and about everywhere I could to share what I knew. Anybody who would listen, but you know, you bring up a really good point because I guess at some point it converted into influence. I have to tell you to everyone who's watching and listening right now, if you go into this with the mindset that you want to become a thought leader, that you want to become an influencer, you are going to lose. The reason why is because there's always someone who can say it better, someone who can think it better, someone who can do it better than you can if you play it at that game. But no one can be you. No one knows the struggles that you had. No one can feel the things that inspire you or the passion that you have. That's what you have, and that's what we need to hear from, and that's what I had. Mm. I went into this because I was passionate about pushing things forward. I was really tired of the resistance. I was really tired of people telling me that this was not the way that it was going to work, that we had to follow protocol, that that's why we went to school, that's why we had all of these books and, and thought leaders already. But that's not what drives us. What needs to drive us is because we can see what others don't. Mm -hmm. We can do what others can't. And that's unique to you, that's unique to me. And, and the net result of that, if you push it in that direction, the net result of that is influence, is authority is thought leadership, but that isn't the end game, right? The end game is for your ideas to make it to as many people as possible and for you to be rewarded for it. Everything else, that's just a net bonus. Man, I want to take that quote. I want to take – it wasn't really a quote. It was more like a, a fun rant. I want to take it, print it out, and I want to put it up on the wall because holy shit, you just hit it exactly like – you know, because I, I think too many people sit back and think, you know, how can I, quote, unquote, become important? Or how can I, you know, be a, quote, unquote, internet celebrity i'm just you know you know these words you know the, the thought leader things like that without the successful people and i you know interviewed hundreds of them you know what i mean but different different areas it seems to be brian have that exact mentality they're not good at articulating it like you just did but the exact mentality of saying like listen 
I had something I want to share. I had something I wanted to help people with. I had something that I just was compelled to do and get out there. And people were telling me, you got to do it. And I said, I got to do it. And with that and the effort of giving, you know, eventually becomes the result that, that we just talked about. But not right. at the very beginning where they were, you know, where someone's sitting there and saying, you know what, I just really want to become the master of paper and I'm going to do anything I can to become the paper expert and I'm going to do it, you know, what da, 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 da. it just seems that that's the, that, that the right mentality. So when you were first getting started with this and you're like, okay, I have this idea. I have this, I'm sick of this resistance. I'm sick of this crap. What was your first sort of core message to get out to the world back then? Did you have like a certain thing? Cause you mentioned speaking, blogging and different things and we'll get into the, the mediums a little bit here but but did you have something where at the beginning you're like you know what I need to share this specific thing and I'm gonna figure out the way to get it out there yeah yes and no I knew the platforms the, okay. the platform I had I had mastered I mean I, I worked I came up in tech mm -hmm. so, so that was I I knew the platforms I wanted to use and that was initially blogs. That was even before blogs. There were websites, I, communities, forums, things that sure. were already dedicated to people that had like-minded ideas or that were looking for insights or that a lot of people were asking questions. So, sort of like the precursor to the social network. <laughs> the other thing that I mean, I'll just share it with you and your audience because I think you guys can appreciate this is that I was also a bit introverted, right? I, I had been in a cave, rocking and rolling, doing my experiments, uh, and living my life where people knew who I was and, and, and had called me because they had heard of the work I do. So I, I worked in a very, I, I guess we could call it a comfort zone. It was very comfortable. And to step outside of that comfort zone to me was actually the biggest challenge. Not how to get my message out, not where I was going to do it and what I was going to say. It was. <laughs> How, how am I going to go up and talk to people that need to hear from me? And that was, uh, for me, amongst the many drivers. And so I decided to in invest in a strategy that was relentless giving. And by relentless giving, I mean that in any business, in any world, in any market, when you see an opportunity, chances are that people are asking questions around that too. They, they need help. Mm -hmm. they, they, they might think that there's got to be another way and that's why you're in a position to be the expert and so I went out of my way to start answering people's questions in places where I could do it sort of from a distance right like what and, would be like what would be a, a couple examples of that yeah so comments in in blog posts mm -hmm. uh, comments in, in communities just where I can kind of work up my confidence sure and find recurring themes of where people were having a hard time uh, or opportunities where I could actually if I were to invest in that in an article or an ebook or, or, or a speech and address those things then I could start to build and, and watch people's heads nods and watch people respond saying yeah that's exactly what I was thinking thank you so much for giving me pointers and and build up this confidence sort of from a distance mm -hmm. I did that for for about a year uh, learned a lot a lot of people learned a lot and felt like I had the, enough confidence to really start to expand my reach so I started going to other people's blogs I started going to other people's communities that they hosted and being part of, of discussions and chats and Q&As. <clears throat> I started contributing posts. Uh, I started speaking and uh, worked my way through and through. And I will tell you that my first speech ever uh, was probably my worst. Uh, and because I was working through, not only did I have a, a story to tell, but actually, you know, I'm standing in front of a bunch of people that I don't know. Right. 
can be nerve wracking, especially yeah. when you're saying that that you know, kind of the introverted angle, or you know, just kind of your thought was like, I got to get out of the shell a little bit. It had to be a little yep. tricky. Oh, absolutely. I mean, forcing yourself out of the shell is is part of this whole process, right? And I don't care if you're extroverted. How you talk to people today and how you need to talk to people today is different than how you do it, right? Mm-hmm. People need to hear things a certain way. They need to believe in you a certain way. And so if we're introverted or extroverted, we all have a shell to come out of in order to be the person that people need us to be, in order to hear the things that we have in a way that's going to help them. So the last bit about how did I sort of build that platform was as I was shedding my this lack of confidence as I was really starting to move away from my comfort zone, which by the way, there is something cathartic about moving away from your comfort zone only to find comfort in new places. And that is, and it's perpetual. You never quite find that comfort zone, but the pursuit of it is inspiring and it's motivating. And I will say that as I was, as I was sort of becoming this person that I felt was going to be helpful, that was going to be this thought leader that folks needed, I, I guess my eyes really opened. Mm-hmm. And that was no matter what I thought I knew, I didn't know everything I needed to know. And I didn't reach everybody I needed to reach. And I still don't today after all mm-hmm. of these years. And that was the great humbling, as I call it. Because the natural phenomenon as you're gaining momentum, as people are telling you that, they, that you're helping them, as people are, are giving you all of their support, time, and attention, and you, you have to struggle with another phenomenon. And that is it goes to your head. Mm-hmm. And part sure. of that process, whether you know it or not, subconsciously starts to make you feel like you're the man or you're the woman and you have got to take a step back to realize that we are perpetually students we are always students no one is ever going to master anything that moves as fast as this world does today well said yeah and the more you the more you struggle to learn the more you struggle to translate what you learn to what people need to hear the farther ahead you will be from everybody else because not everybody takes this approach and the last thing that I will say here is that the, great, the greatest realization for me was that at any moment, I'm only reaching a fraction of the people I can, but not a fraction of the people who can benefit from my work. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's why I started looking at books. That's why I started looking at things like audio, uh, video, all types of different medium uh, or media so that I can try to expand my reach. Um, and also try to expand from those whom I learn from. Mm-hmm. And that's an ongoing process for me. Uh, and hopefully, uh, you know, hopefully it keeps going in the right direction. That's awesome. And, you know, I think something that you hit on there that I think is very important uh, to kind of <clears throat> recap that there is that you mentioned, you know, sort of that idea of expertise, you know, and that there's a certain kind of old school I'm putting that in quotes mentality of, yeah, I'm doing a lot of quotes today. I'm, a lot of, I'm air quoting it up like, like a mofo, um, is, uh, is that this kind of old school mentality of that there's these experts that are like these gurus on the mountain that know everything about everything and they're not approachable and, and they're never flawed and you know, there's all these different things and, and, and that you, you take everything they say exactly you know, the way it is. And then there seems to be this new breed of – and I don't know what even what the, what the right word is, but you know we said thought leaders, so we'll just go with that one for now. Where it's like, yeah, knowledgeable, passionate, obviously brings something to the table, uh, you know, a knowledge base to it, you know, for sure. But there's something different. It's like it, it's like you just mentioned that there's like uh, whether it's a humbleness or an idea that 
you know, no one's really quote unquote an expert. Um, but that doesn't mean we can't learn from someone. It just seems to be like that's sort of a shift going on now, especially in the web 2.0 era with people that are having success. And then there's sort of this like old school group of people that are getting a, left behind a bit, you know? Yeah. I mean, and, and what is, and what is success, right? I mean, again, if you look at success in the way that we talked about influence, mm-hmm. right? Or authority, success would be what, uh, Money in the bank, house, houses, cars. You know, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's all it's all relative terms. It's all relative. Yeah, that's your yeah. cloud score, man. You know, it's about what you're doing and what you're giving in and what you're getting out of it and how you feel as a human being. And that is where success lies to me. You see a new breed of people today because they realize that they came from a different scope, right? They they came up, but there's still no lack of individuals out there, even in the new media scene that are holier than thou. Oh, yes. Yeah. That's, to- oh, that's to- part of the problem. Oh, Look, man. Totally. <laughs> you're, you, you have great success, right? I admire you. You are an approachable human being, and you keep it real. And I think... <clears throat> You know, look, if, can that be advice that we give to people watching right now? I hope so. Yeah. Because I, I still stand in line for the people that I love. I still salute the people that I admire, that, that inspire me. Because you should. Look... At the end of the day, I think what people get confused with, and it's natural, right? You have Twitter, you have, I don't know, thousands of followers, you have thousands of viewers, you have people who buy your book, you have thousands of people who read your blog. That You can't help but look at it in an old world lens or through an old world lens that says that's your audience, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so you start to build up this audience around you, and that you know, it, it feels good. But you have to know the difference, especially in this era, that that's not just an audience. This is, I, I call this phenomenon the audience with an audience of audiences. Everybody's connected, <laughs> I like right? The audience, the the audience of audiences. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody who follows you on Twitter is connected to a whole bunch of other people, and those people are connected to... So people have a platform. People have their own audiences. So your idea is not to just speak to people, right? Your idea now... Your motivation now is to speak through people, mm-hmm. get them to share your words, your ideas, your thoughts, and make them sound incredibly smart or incredibly entertaining doing so, so that you empower this audience with an audience of audiences to continually expand your reach, which means that you're not thinking about what it is you're going to write, you're thinking about what's going to move someone to, to be fulfilled and to share it. It's a whole different game, right? And then hmm. you take that philosophy one step further, and I hope you all listen to this. I'm not, this, is, this is proven in terms of science, that the more you invest in a community, not just for the sake of, a, of an audience, but a community, right? And I want you to think about a community this way. It's not where a bunch of people get together because they share an interest. That's how I think a lot of us look at community. Yeah, that, that's a kind of a quote-unquote, another quote-unquote, uh, typical, <laughs> typical, uh, uh, typical definition of it, yes. So I would like for you to think from this moment forward, thinking about this idea of your empowered connected consumer, the person who's with an audience of an audience of audiences. A community isn't something where we just gather together because we share an interest. A community is something where we can do something together. And that means that you need a leader. That means that someone's got to guide us to do something great, something greater than each of us as an individual, that together we do something collectively brilliant. And that's how I'd like you to think about your community. And that's what's going to take you wherever you want to go. Oh, it's great. I, 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 uh, I rarely have a pause like that, but I was thinking about it. Yes. Yeah. It, it's, uh, yeah. And I, and I guess that, that mentality 
is seems to be lacking, especially now in, in a lot of different areas. You know, I, I think that when people uh, kind of approach it, they, they sometimes just they take that that other thought of like, okay, I just want an audience that I can just blitz to or whatever it may be, as opposed to, and then you know, changing the definition of community is, is important as well. So, Brian, I got to shift gears here because um, I want to mention this, and I know that you are a busy man, so this interview is gonna be shorter than our normal ones because you're always flying around doing who knows what. Um, but we got to talk about. Um, I want to talk about books in general in a second, and and, and let's talk about the new book as well. Um, you know, has writing always been a, a passion of yours? Has it been something that you've you've enjoyed? And why do you enjoy uh, putting stuff into book form as well? Just kind of a, a big question there. But why do why, well, do, you, why do you like writing books specifically? All right. Well, I'll tell you what. The first question you asked about writing. Um, again, uh, since since we're all being honest here, uh, I have I'm a passionate writer. Uh, I love words. I love expressing emotion through words. But it is that form of writing that also makes the, the, the practice of writing so difficult, right? Because it's, yeah. a, it's emotional. It's, it's, you put yourself into it. So I, I, but, I, but I'm on a regimen. I, I write blog posts. I write contributed articles for, for magazines. I write contributed articles for online publications so that I can constantly try to reach the right people to address their challenges. And it is incredibly arduous. I can't lie, right? There was, an interesting, there was an interesting report that came out about the Inc. 500 and about how their commitment to blogging has declined over the years. Hmm. And it is probably because it's hard. And it is probably because they blog because they have to, not because they want to or that they know the fulfillment or the success that they want to get out of it. Great point, I, yep. I do, and so should you. It is to help people make better decisions that they couldn't do before you. And that should always drive you. So no matter how hard it is for me to write, I do it. I, I, I do it. I've done it three times a week at least for, for six, seven years. Uh, I don't make my living from blogging. I don't make my living from books. But again, think of that as your clout score. It is just a net result of people who want to work with you, who will take an artifact, you know, like here's, you know, this baby. To take an artifact of yours, to take, take a, literally bookends of your thoughts around a particular subject and consume it because it helps them. And then that is just a reward for doing great work, but they'll want to work with you. And that's the point. Whatever it is that you're selling, whether it's a product or a service, I mean, <clears throat> you have Tony Shea, who is, the, uh, I think, probably one of the most inspiring entrepreneurs out there because no matter how successful he is, even with a multi-hundred million dollar exit, is still an entrepreneur. He's yeah. still investing and giving back in the community. He's reviving downtown Las Vegas, I think, single-handedly. <laughs> uh, he has a book. You know, he, he, he'll have several books. He speaks. He, he writes. He blogs. He talks. He, he shoots video. He does it all to give back to the community. And so no matter as – I mean, I, that guy's busier than I am. It's hard. Mm-hmm. So why do I put it in the book form if, if writing blog posts is, is incredibly difficult? Because that is – that is an artifact. That is a package that a lot of people need to consume information. And remember, it's not about how you want to publish it. I think a lot of times I can tell you that firsthand experience, this is true for entrepreneurs, this is true for authors, this is true for experts, this is true for businesses. They get caught up in the platform. Mm-hmm. Right? Oh, books are so old school. Why do I need to write a book? I'm, I'm, I'm all about digital. I'm going to blog. I'm going to shoot some YouTube video. I'm, gonna, I'm just going to go on Twitter. I'm going to get on Google+. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get on Pinterest. 
I don't even know what the hell that is. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I don't want to know. The reality is that you have to be on every platform where the people who will support you live and breathe today, where they go for information, where they go for direction. And that, my friends, unfortunately or fortunately, is greater than any one platform. And the last bit I'll leave you with on this, this is where a lot of people stumble, is that they treat like they treat their audience, they treat each platform as one platform to reach their audience. So they'll cut and paste, cut and paste, cut and paste. It's the one, it's one same David, it's one same Brian across the platforms. Yeah. But everything <clears throat> is about culture, right? It's about human beings. The thing that makes Web 2.0 or social media so powerful, it's, it's, it's the democratization, not just of media, right? Not just in your, my ability to publish easily. It's democratization of influence, which means anyone can earn authority. Anyone can earn influence. So that means you have to do it better than everybody else. It has to be more meaningful. That means that if you look at each, you look at Facebook, you look at Twitter, you look at blogs, you look at Tumblr, each one of those is its own unique culture. Each one of those is its own unique fashion for bringing people together and sharing information, how they do it, what they want, how they consume it, how they share it. And you need to sort of design that experience around each one of those communities and invest in it and respond to people. Don't just push stuff out. You don't just spam blast. I can't tell you, man, how many times I open up Twitter DM and I have. A, oh, that's a, it. That's all it yeah, is. Yeah. Clear spam of people blasting a whole bunch of people. And what blows me away, it's the people that I that are out there preaching this one to one in engagement, too. And then they're out there spamming people. Don't do that. It shows it shows everything about who you are and who you are not. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's an investment. It's called sweat equity for a reason. But the more sweat equity you put in it, the more you can take out of it to the point where that just doesn't even matter anymore because you feel so fulfilled because people are touched and moved and inspired by what you're doing. Yeah, and, that, and, that, and it is. And that is a challenge that exists today is definitely like, you know, I'm on these different platforms. Besides keeping up with it, that's its own challenge. But, you know, I have a, I have a community or whatever you want to call it, on each one. You know, how can I approach it slightly differently but also, you know, not drive myself insane? It's definitely definitely a challenge that will, that will continue. And, and, Brian, thank you for sharing also about – the writing because I think too many people BS through that question or you know and say something like you know it's just easy and I just sit here and I just create beautiful words all day and I just then I ride and I fly into the sunset you know what I mean and it's like it's good to hear that writing is not you know it's it is and it's for me too and it's for a lot of different people so it's good to hear um as we wrap up here gotta talk you have you have a copy there I, I don't have one that I can hold up because I have digital so uh you you've got the got the the, the new book here, Business as Usual, I like the cover, by the way, um, and the classic, uh, the classic chain that we've yes, seen on, on, on other, uh, that's, that's a little branding thing. Um, tell us, just uh, give, us a little, uh, g- give us a little spiel about this because I want people to make sure they check this out. We're going to link it up below in the show notes as well. Yeah, thank you. Well it's, uh, well, it's called The End of Business as Usual, and it is written for, my last book was called Engage, and yes, it, it also had the chain theme. Uh, this one was written f- Actually, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you even a little bit more of a secret. This one was the hardest book I've ever had to write mm. because I tend to take an academic approach, and I needed a book that was going to speak to everybody, right? Mm. Uh, students, uh, entrepreneurs, CEOs of large enterprises, uh, moms, dads. I just needed a book that would show them exactly what's taking place, and that is the first half of the book talks about sort of the emergence of this connected person, this connected mm-hmm. individual. It's not just about Facebook or Twitter. It's just about you know, the idea that you know, we are within an arm's reach away from, 
thousands of people that we can learn from or that we can share our thoughts with. And that changes society, that changes behavior, that changes expectations. And there, there's a mindset as, as anything that you invest in that you have to try to address those expectations. You need to know how this impacts you. And the most important part about what the book talks about is that it's, it's actually an emergence of a new class of customer. So it's not, you had your, you know, your traditional customer, those are people who find and share information the way they always have, right? Print, books, radio, television. Right. And you had the digital customer, the person who lives and breathes in Google, Craigslist, email, you know, Angie's List, they're all over the place. Um, but now you have this connected customer and they make information come to them. They don't like to go to websites, they really hate email, they're all over text messaging. They have their networks of people that they've surrounded themselves with. And what comes to them is, is a factor in how they make decisions. So you have to actually now address your business, address your work, address your service model around trying to reach a new segment of people without ignoring the other two. And the last I'll leave you with on this is that only one of those three groups is growing. And it's not about the millennial. It's just about the human race. And so if you're going to survive what I call digital Darwinism, which <laughs> is the uh, phenomenon when technology and society evolve faster than your ability to adapt, then you will follow it. But as long as you can recognize these opportunities and experiment and always experiment, you will always be ahead of the game. And so the, hopefully the book is empowering to not just validate what you're doing, not just show you some new opportunities, but also help you get to wherever you need to go. All right, perfect. So it's business at the end of business as usual. We'll link that up below. Brian, as always, we have insightful thoughts, and now I have to go like decompress, right? I have to go like think in a corner or something like that, you know, with, like, a, with, like a latte. I don't know what I'm going to do. But, but uh, as always, thank you. It's always great to, to steal a little bit of your time. And uh, thanks, man. We're going to have to not be strangers as much. Deal? Yeah, man. And keep up the good work. Really proud of you. All right, thanks so much. This is Brian Sellers on the Rise Up. All that is linked up below. I'm David Seitman Garland. I will see you next time. And remember, if you want some fluff, you know what to do. Go pet a bunny. More quick reminder, if you want to make sure that you can check your, your Mac or PC for, at home from anywhere else, so another computer, iPad, iPhone, you can check out GoToMyPC. Go to GoToMyPC.com. Click the Try It Free button under the promo code RISE. You're going to get 45 days free on me, and then you can download the app for your iPad or iPhone and create awesome interviews. Got that free gift for you. If you head over to CreateAwesomeInterviews.com, enter your email. I'm going to shoot over to you 11 benefits of creating online videos. I We've got a lot of people in Rise Nation that are that are super pumped about this. So uh, they've checked it out. Been been great feedback so far, and really really catering this uh, to your needs and creating something really awesome. So check it out. Createawesomeinterviews.com.